Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're sitting down with Steve Robinson. Steve is a pastor, speaker, and author with a ministry of thousands across seven physical Church of the King locations, an online campus, and Hope Today radio and television broadcasts. Pastor Steve serves on the boards of Equip, a worldwide leadership organization led by John Maxwell and Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma. In this episode, Steve will unpack a unique leadership lesson he extracted from the book of Numbers in the Bible regarding how to strategically lead an organization through change. So lean in leaders and let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership, especially leadership in ministry, pastors, churches. I love this. My name is Virgil Sierra. I'm the lead pastor of Vertical Church in South Florida. We are one church, two languages, Iglesia Vertical. I'm your host for the Avail Podcast. Every single week, a new podcast comes out with amazing leaders, pastors, authors, People that are impacting and influencing in major, major ways today. We have none other than Pastor Steve Robinson. Pastor Steve, we are honored to have you on the Avail podcast. How are you feeling, sir? Man, well, first of all, let me just say I am super honored, Virgil, to be here. And uh, we love you guys. Great respect for you, of course. Sam Chan, the whole team <laughs> over there. And uh, I'm doing great. And of course, I live in the greater New Orleans area. And so, Gulf of Mexico, we're grateful. No hurricanes. And I think yes. you guys are praying the same things. Yes. I mean, we're, we're grateful. And so th- things are good, man. We're really honored that you have us on the podcast today. Yeah, I'm excited. I think, I think every leader is going to be not only uh, blessed, but equipped through our conversation today. Before we get to the meat and the heart of the conversation, I would love for our Avail audience to, to know a little bit more about you, Pastor Steve. You know, where are you? What, what's the church you're leading? What, what is it that God has you doing right now? Yeah, so I pastor a church called Church of the King and uh, started 24 years ago, my wife and I. Uh, we live in the greater New Orleans area. There's this huge bridge. It's called the Causeway. I was actually living in the New Orleans side. And when I was 30, matter of fact, before that, I was in high school ministry, uh, preaching, <laughs> starting campus clubs for kids. I was a screaming youth evangelist in my 20s <laughs> and uh, got saved radically as a college kid at Tulane University. And then at 30, my pastor sent me across the lake, this long bridge to what's called the North Shore. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's a suburb of the greater New Orleans area, uh, Church of the King. A lot of people mispronounce it. They'll say Christ the King, different things. It's Church <laughs> of the King. That's the name of the church. And uh, we have uh, seven locations. We're in the greater New Orleans area. We're in Baton Rouge, Mississippi Gulf Coast. We also have one that, through COVID. We opened a campus uh, in South Atlanta, Peachtree City. Yeah, so we're wow. excited about that. Had people watching online. Hey, can you do a church here? And so uh, we opened up a Church of the King uh, there. So, yeah, good things happen. We're excited about all that God is uh, doing at Church of the King. Church, <laughs> Church of the King. Of the king. Uh, Church uh, which, of the King, baby. Which, by the way, in Spanish would be Iglesia del Rey. But that's all right. That's, that's fine. Right. I'm a, Come I on. Do... <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. All right. So, so I want to mention this. I've had the opportunity and the privilege of um, being at conferences where, where you've spoken and where you've taught. And I love your heart for the church. I love your heart uh, for leaders. And I love your heart for discipleship. Um, I, I think that's awesome. 
I really want to jump into this conversation. You were sharing with me as we kind of prepared for, for this episode, uh, basically a, a study and, a, and, and um, um, a teaching that the Lord birthed in your heart regarding leading an organization through change. And obviously as leaders, transitions are inevitable because change is inevitable. So can you unpack this idea about life being full of transitions and of course, ministry and, and the organizations we lead? Absolutely, Virgil. You know, uh, when I started Church of the King at 30, uh, the first five years was just a dream. It was amazing. We're like, gosh, you know, I kind of felt like, you know, everything was going right. And I, and I really mean that. Planted <laughs> wow. Church of the King. Uh, we had 19 people. And then we had this little bump in 2005 called Hurricane Katrina. Right. You remember that bump? I remember. It was a, it was a, it was a bump. And it was like chaos took place, us responding and it was really the first time that I had to navigate in a major way. We had 3,000 people coming in the weekend, uh, on the weekend, five years. It was just explosive. And now all of a sudden, in one weekend, we go from 3,000 people to 1,300 people a month later when we have our first meeting. So it's like this was wow. the first moment professionally because change impacts us personally, but professionally. So now as a pastor, I'm 35 years old. What are we going to do? How are we going to pay the bills? We recover. Uh, we start building back. Then we start building a building three years later, uh, 2008, uh, break ground on a, a sanctuary at our primary campus in, in Mandeville, right outside of New Orleans. And we have another moment, which is called the Great Recession. Wow. So we've got this big loan we're going to do. Now, all of a sudden, you know, they pull the loan. And again, I'm in a moment in the middle of how do I lead this church? Mm -hmm. We've recovered from Katrina. Now we've got. And so what I began to realize is. There's just season after season where it's just part of life. Personally, it's part of life, right? When you get married, you go from yep. single to married. That's change. That's transition. You go from, if you have children, you go from no children to one. That So every time there's a shift in life, every time there's a change in life, we have an opportunity to respond. And the reality is, is it's, it's tough at times personally, mm -hmm. and it's tough at times professionally. How do you respond to change. And so in my life as a pastor, I've developed a kind of a concept of teaching and, and it's really, it's really straight out of scripture. And I want to say this, the Bible, you open the Bible up, it's, it's, a, it's capturing in a sense, a journey of a people. I mean, yeah. all the way back to the garden, Adam and Eve, and, and God has an assignment for their life. And then, then Genesis chapter 12, God calls a man, right? He calls mm -hmm. Abram who changes to Abraham he calls a man on a journey. Watch this. Mm -hmm. Watch this. To leave a place and to go to another place. That's called change. Yep. That's called transition. And then the biggest picture of transition in the Bible for a people is the children of Israel. Hmm. They're coming out of Egypt. They go into the wilderness. Matter of fact, the book of Numbers, the wilderness journey is really captured in the, the latter part of Exodus and then the book of Numbers. The book of Numbers is a book of transition. What mm -hmm. transition? The children of Israel coming out of Egypt into the promised land. And so in the book of Numbers, I began to see a theme. How do you deal with change? How do you deal with transition? Mm -hmm. And so, and I began to realize as a leader, I think back to Katrina, coming through Katrina, coming through the, the, the whole recession. And then of course, the thing that happened three years ago, COVID. Yeah. So many pastors got blown out because of what? 
the rapid change, right? I mean, how many pastors, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. Look, my heart, man, I empathize with those guys that have, those men and women that have gone through those scenarios. It's, it's a big deal. And so in this, I saw three things, Virgil, Mm -hmm. that are so critical of how to lead through change, how to lead through transition. I'd like to jump right into that if I could do that. Yeah, let's do it. And I think, I think it's important to say, Pastor Steve, that no matter where you are in your leadership journey and even pastoring, right. this could happen in year one. It could happen in that's year right. five and year 10, or it can happen throughout. And that's why I think this is so important. Yeah. And I'll tell you this change is inevitable at every stage of our life as well. Right. We go to, mm-hmm. remember when you show up at junior high, it's like, Oh man, is anybody going to like me? Then you go to high school. It's like, Oh gosh, it's so good. So it's, it's part of life Yeah, personally, but guess what? It's part of life professionally, professionally. as a pastor. You've got, we've got to learn there's keys and clues that we look at and how do we lead through this? So, you know, when I, I came through COVID and again, leading a church, mm-hmm. we didn't know if we were going to have a church, right? Like what's happening, <laughs> shut down. So as I jumped into the book of numbers, I saw something, I saw that the three areas that were impacted the most, number one was the culture of our church. Yeah. Number two, it was the team I was leading. And number three, it was the heart that I had. Hmm. And in Numbers chapter 11, it's really interesting how God began to speak to me through this. And, and so I want to give you three lessons on how to lead through change. Or you could say it this way, three lessons in the wilderness for any pastor, any leader. <laughs> Number one, here we go. The first lesson is what I would call the lesson of aligning our hearts. And yep. when I'm talking about hearts, I'm talking about the hearts, the culture of the organization you're leading. And the scripture, fascinating scripture, Virgil. Mm-hmm. In Numbers chapter 11, it's is a picture. I remember as a young pastor, I went to this conference, and, and I don't know why I didn't get this, but every time I would hear about this shift in the Old Testament, I was like, okay, Exodus chapter 18, stay with me. Exodus chapter 18, Moses is judging between the people. Here comes Jethro, right? His, his father-in-law comes and say, hey, what you're doing, it's not good. And so what did they do? They did a structural shift, okay? That was the only place that I ever saw and ever heard preached about or referred to as, quote, any sense of shift right. in the Old Testament journey. The, pro- the problem is you can shift structurally, watch this, but still have the wrong spirit. Mm-hmm. What I realized, the first lesson of change and leading through change is making sure that the spirit of your organization, the spirit that is on you as the founder or the transitional leader that's carrying the spirit of the founder, the original why of that organization, church, organization, is that spirit being stewarded, the DNA. And here's the scripture, Numbers chapter 11. The scripture is where the Lord, Moses is upset He's, he's like, God, what's going on with these people? You know, I don't know what's going on. Half the time they want to go back. And here's, and he said, I'm tired, God. And by the way, Virgil, that's where a lot of pastors are. And yep. oftentimes they're tired because they're fighting something because there's become a discontinuity of the DNA in the house. Mm-hmm. There's a disconnect. Mm-hmm. And God told Moses something, lesson number one, how to lead through change, how to lead through transition. COVID's happening Churches are all over the place, political unrest, cultural unrest, racial tension. Mm-hmm. The number one thing that a pastor has to do and an organizational leader is they've got to make sure that the spirit that is on you 
the calling that's on you, the DNA that God put in you for that house is transferred to that house. And here's what God told Moses. He told him in Numbers chapter 11. You got to check it out. Here's what he says. Moses, the spirit that is on you. He says, I want you to gather 70 elders and the spirit that I put on you. I want that spirit on them. That's good. You know, I, I tell you what happened to Virgil with us. What I realized when I went through COVID, transition, change, Katrina, recession, every time pressure came, you know what it really revealed? Who mm. really had the DNA of Church of the King? Right. Who had the house heart? Who had the house vision? So here's what we did. We went through a whole process of discovery, of <laughs> clarifying vision. Watch this. Clarifying our values. I'm talking, man, we went full blown. We HR <laughs> manuals, onboarding. We went through everything. And here's the reason why. Because what pressure did, what COVID did, is it revealed there were some cracks. Mm -hmm. There were some cracks in my communication as a leader. I wasn't communicating the DNA. Yeah. I wasn't. In other words, the spirit that God placed on Jennifer and I to start this church, to plant this church, watch this. It wasn't even reflected in some of our campuses. And I want to encourage those that have multi-site. I think one of the biggest things that we've got to make sure that our campus pastors, they protect the culture of the yeah. church. <laughs> and <clears throat> we had we had, had some, some campuses that quite honestly, I own it. I'm the head coach in this. I own it. I realized that I allowed them to get a little bit off in the DNA. And there was different expressions that were, that were really not reflective of my heart. So number one, I want to encourage any pastor out there. The, the thing that you're feeling, the tension that you're feeling in your culture is that the spirit, the question I have for you is, is the spirit that God put on you, is it on the core leadership team? Is yeah. it in the house? And let me tell you how important this is, Virgil. And then I'll go to number two. You know, I, I have the privilege of serving on the board of Oral Roberts <clears throat> University. Great school. And because I know some people think, well, you know what? I, I took over a church, so I'm not the founder. Sure. But let me just tell you what's important. The thing that I love about Dr. Billy Wilson, who is mm -hmm. the current president of ORU, I know he's a friend of Dr. Yeah. Chan and, and, and you guys over that mm -hmm. avail, is, is that it's important for the transitional leader, the, the leader that is the, the, the leader that has followed the founder to make sure that they still steward the original ethos and DNA and cultural DNA of that original founder. The thing that I love, Oral Roberts had a vision for Oral Roberts University. Matter of fact, Dr. Billy Wilson is doing such a good job stewarding that. So number one, I want to say to all the pastors, is the spirit that's on you on your core leadership team? Hmm. Number two, is the spirit on you communicating the heart, the DNA? What is culture? We know what culture is. It's how people get along there. It's the written and the unwritten rules. It's the flow. It's the ethos. God told Moses, the spirit that's on you, I want that on them. Number two, the second thing that I really realized through COVID was, is that I had allowed some fractions in the DNA. Number two, I realized that I had allowed some attitudes that I had left unaddressed on our team. Mm -hmm. These are three lessons. Number one is the lesson of aligning our hearts with the house vision. Mm -hmm. Number two, the lesson of adjusting attitudes. <laughs> this is right through the book of Numbers. It's just amazing. Numbers chapter 12, Numbers 11, spirit. Numbers chapter 12, attitude. Guess mm -hmm. who the brother and sister of Moses was? I don't know if people realize this. Miriam was Moses' sister. Yeah. Aaron was <clears throat> Moses' brother. And here's what happened. They got close to Moses. 
and they had a bad attitude. Yep. And I'm going to tell you something. The closer people are, we often put up with things that we should actually address. Right. We underestimate as leaders the power of a bad attitude. Mm. I want you to think about that for a moment. Yeah. So you got, you got Miriam, you got Aaron. People are watching. And I tell leaders all the time, whether, wherever I'm talking, I said, I'm just telling you, people are watching and evaluate what you're allowing. And I'm not talking about overreacting, but I'm talking about being very clear. I, I give our team four things, and I, and I want to encourage everybody to write this down. The four things that I tell are, when you're dealing with your team, number one, are, have you set clear expectations? Yeah. Have you set clear expectations? People need to know what's expected. Number two, I've taught our team through COVID. I went back through it. Number two, team leaders, hold people accountable. It's difficult to hold people accountable because we all want to be liked. Yep. I mean, who really wants to go say, hey, man, listen, we were clearing <laughs> our expectations. This is not happening. We've got to have a, a discussion, which brings me to number three. And we've heard this. We've got to have the crucial conversation. Yep. We've got to have the skill set developed as a leader to sit down and have that tough conversation. And by the way, and I want to say this. If you have a team member that you've got to say 17,000, you're amazing before you finally say, hey, you got to show up on time. You probably got somebody with their, listen, either they got a really bad attitude that needs a transplant or you just got the wrong person on the team. Right. right? We right. got to have people that can bump in this <clears throat> vertical. I mean, we got to have people that can bump. Yep. And then number four, don't triangulate. How many times pastors watch us cause problems on their team? Because they're unwilling to address something with a team member. And instead, they build consensus with other team members. Mm. I'm not talking about uh, people on, on an eldership or a lead team dealing with a staff member. I'm talking about they'll talk with coworkers of that person. Yeah. Oftentimes because they're unwilling to address the hard issue. So number one, the first thing that I realized going through COVID is, is the spirit. And I know this is tough to say, is the spirit that God placed on me. The original heart, vision, and values of this, is it on, is it on our team? Is it, is it being imbibed right. throughout the house? Mm-hmm. All churches are great <clears throat> that are Bible preaching, but they're unique in expression. And oftentimes they come from the original calling of the founder. Number two, I had to realize I had to deal with attitudes on our staff. So yep. it began. I had some tough conversations, Virgil. I got to tell you something. It wasn't easy. Uh, this has been the last two years. Um, there's ways to do it. There's books written on it. My encouragement to those that are watching as pastors are um let's let's develop the courage to have the loving conversation that's clear that's that listen it's definable people know what you're talking about uh you're looking them in the eye you're loving them it's redemptive in nature but you got to have those tough things let me tell you another thing about attitude real quick all through numbers numbers 13 one of the biggest awarenesses of how attitude can affect the destiny of a church and an organization. Mm-hmm. We know it. 12 <clears throat> spies going to the promised yep. land, right? Mm-hmm. They come back. Only two have a good report. 10. Listen, the other 10, literally, this is the power of a bad attitude mm. infected the whole church. And guess what? God said, you're over 40. You're not going in. Wow. Just think about the power of a bad attitude there. So what are the lessons I'm, I learned? What are the lessons I'm trying to teach all the pastors out there? Number one is the spirit that's on you, that DNA, how God has called you, the values, the multi-site guys that have multi-site. Listen to me. Your campus pastors need to guard culture more than anything. 
That's yeah. the number one thing. What we, they've got to guard the culture of the house, the DNA of the house. Number two, we've got to be willing to address bad attitudes. Mm-hmm. God told Moses, listen, he told the whole group here. God told Joshua, he told the whole group, listen, those other 10, the bad attitude, the whole group's infected over 40. You're not going in. I don't want it to be said of me <laughs> that I look, Hey, that I'm not addressing things. And I've allowed some, 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 and I, and I love people. We love people. We want to see redemption in people's lives, but man, we got to be willing to roll up our sleeves and have some tough conversations mm-hmm. and not allow 10 bad attitudes to affect the destiny of our churches. Right. This is critical. So uh, this was one of the things that I did. I started the conversations. I sat down, I had the things and it was tough. There's ways to do it. Read books. I want to encourage you pastors. I want to encourage you have the tough conversation. Let me give you the last one. Here's this one's big. So here they are. Let's Number go. one, the lesson of aligning our hearts. God is telling church pastors all over the world, Culture, I mean, Dr. Sam Chan, he's taught us this. Culture is key, right? Yeah. The, is, the, the, is the culture healthy? Is the spirit, the pastor is the culture. Watch this. He's the one that casts it and creates it. Mm-hmm. Your campus pastors, your team, they carry it. They don't create, they carry. They carry it. They, they carry the vision. Mm-hmm. They carry the culture. Two, we deal with attitudes, but here it is. Number three. We've gone macro, culture, team. Here here it is. It's right here. The lesson of addressing our anger. Mm -hmm. Numbers chapter 20. Moses is aggravated again. Moses is super aggravated. He goes from God's presence. The glory of the Lord appears to him. And God tells him. He says, I want you to take your rod. The people are complaining. He tells, I mean, he's just upset with the people. He walks over to God, he, presence of God. He's talking to God. He goes back and God says, they need something. He goes, all right, here's what I want you to do. I want you to speak. Watch this. I want you to speak to the rock and mm-hmm. water is going to come out. He doesn't do it, Virgil. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, he doesn't do it. <laughs> what is he doing? What is he doing? He hits it. He allowed his personal frustration with the people he was leading to become, watch this, to become internalized and he reacts in the flesh. Yep. And instead of speaking, watch this, instead of speaking, he hits. Now, by the way, I know what some people say, well, you know, God told him to hit before. Yeah, Exodus 17. And by the way, in Exodus 17, he did tell him to hit the rock, but God knew what was it. God knew what was boiling in his heart. Right. He knew it was boiling. And he said, speak to it. God, because he loves people, still satiated the people. But here's what God told him. And I'm telling you, this was the biggest lesson in COVID. The biggest lesson in the last three years. He says, because you've not obeyed me, you're going to bring them up to the promised land, but you're wow. not going to bring them in. Hey, look, Deuteronomy 34, you're going to go up on Mount Nebo. You're going to see it, but you're not going to bring them in. And the biggest lesson that I really learned, watch this, was, was, was to manage my soul. Mm. I mean, I was frustrated. I was, look, I had to get off of social media for a while because I was like, I don't want to look at one other person that's made a post about where they're going to the new church. 
Right. You know what I'm talking about? And then, and then are criticizing me, maybe not by name, but oh, I know. <laughs> and I'm just like, those people, we led them to Christ. We baptized them. Their marriage was a mess. My <laughs> wife and I set up. But and so and so and so. We've got to deal with that. You yeah. Know, Dr. Sam, he wrote that book about, you know, leaders and he talks about leaders can't ever rise above the threshold of their pain. Yeah. I'll insert this as well. Leaders can't ever rise above the threshold of their anger either. Mm. Because anger is a constrictor of energy, yeah. of life, of destiny, of flow. And, and, and I think what really, what I realized, my soul got in an unhealthy place. Um, I, it got in a place where I was just mad. I was angry. I needed to take some time off. Mm. Uh, I needed to reflect. I needed to open up with some brothers, some pastors in my life. And, and, and I came out of it because what is the enemy ultimately after in the pastor's life? I'll tell you what he's after. Yes, the family. Yes, their marriage. Absolutely. But way before that, he's after their heart. Yeah. He's after their heart. And, and so, and so I, I think that these lessons for me have been so beneficial. Uh, again, and I want to encourage pastors out there that, that, that God has equipped you to be able to lead. Uh, I think it's important that we understand culture is not a, a small thing, that yeah. the atmosphere of the house is huge. And, and I want to say that is the spirit on you on that house Two, Are you willing to deal with the attitudes on your team? Uh -huh. It's difficult. Some people start church best friends and it's hard to confront your best friend. Mm -hmm. And then three, what about the heart? So th those are some things that God really taught me uh, in, in this whole journey. The last three is really the last 24 years of Church of the King, but really the last three. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? Avail is excited to announce that for a limited time, you can get a free six-month trial subscription to the Avail Journal. The Avail Journal was created to equip and empower leaders with everything they need to excel. Read quarterly issues and pick up leadership wisdom from high-impact leaders like Sam Chand, John Maxwell, Tim Tebow, and dozens more. Take the first step in becoming a more effective leader. Sign up for your free six-month trial subscription to the Avail Journal by visiting availjournal.com. So. Yeah, I love this, Pastor Steven. I want to I wanna ask you a couple questions and, yeah. and, e and even drive it a little to the practical side and maybe from, from your yeah. experiences, right? Because I think there's value in, in hearing from a pastor like yourself that's been pastoring now. Remind me how many years you've been pastoring? 20, 24 years. 24 years. It's amazing. Senior pastor. Yeah. It's amazing. Okay, so, so the first lesson, which is the lesson of aligning our hearts, right? This has to do with right. the church culture. Uh, yeah. and, and I love... Pastor Steve, I had never heard this. I had never heard this story connected to this lesson, and it's so beautiful. Can you share maybe one or two practical things or practical examples of how you you and your team kind of thought, okay, I need yep. to get I need to get my spirit and my DNA, you know, to to flow into obviously the team, but the church, you know. Can you maybe one or two examples of, of the things that you did specifically? Absolutely. So, so here, here's what happened. What I realized was that our, our church, our, I know you're not supposed to say main campus it's broadcast campus. It's whatever. Okay. That's where I'm preaching from. Whatever the, the theological or whatever the methodological accurate term is. I realized that our campus had taken on our campuses. Uh, they had taken on a different, a little bit of a different flow. And, uh -huh. and, and, and by the way, and, and let me say this about transition, cause I'm going to talk to culture just for a second. You know, God really showed me, and I, and I want to say this very carefully 
and very pastorally. You mm-hmm. know, you know, Virgil, in, in Genesis chapter 12, where God told Abraham to go, go to land, I'm going to bless you and all that. Do, do you know he brought in Genesis chapter 12, verse four, the Bible says that he brought Lot with him. Right. Listen to me. It's important. It never fared. It never panned out well with Lot being in right. Abraham's world. I wonder at times if we're fighting for people to be part of our future when God says they're only supposed to be part of our past. Wow. And I'm not wow. talking about bad people, just maybe people that are, they were great. God called them. They helped you build the church. But sometimes we're fighting for people to be part of the future of the church. And God says they were amazing. They're good people. They're just not supposed, they were part of the past. And, wow. and so there, there, were, there was a lot of that was taking place in our church. And so my good friend, and he's going to love this shout out, and this is a perfect tee up. I didn't intend to say this. But we got a consultant in, and, and this is going to really help his, 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 his ministry, but it's Phil Klein with Focus 412. Yeah. We, yeah. we got, and let me tell you, Virgil, we got Phil in, and it was painful at first, and I love him. He, we love Grace and him. It's, it's, yeah. it's my, my wife and I are friends with them. Great friends. And so we went through a year process, and I'm telling you, we, we didn't leave any stone hmm. unturned. We looked at everything. We looked at language. We looked at frequency of staff meetings. We looked at my personal schedule. We looked at our words that we're using. We looked at our, our, our onboarding of our dream team, policy manuals, HR. We looked at everything. We actually did a little bit more than even what they offered and even built a, an additional kind of a fourth level component to what they were doing. So good. And, and, and they're amazing. So, so I think you can have the heart to want to make, but you need some practical tools. There's lots of groups out there. There's lots yeah. of ministries, but for us, Phil's team would focus for 12, help mm-hmm. to bring a grid and an overlay for us to evaluate and ask questions to bring alignment. So that, yeah. that would be the best practical tool that we use. And I would encourage pastors, whether Phil or somebody else, man, that I, I cannot recommend it enough. Yeah, so that's that, great. Phil's that, a, does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. And Phil's a great friend. He's been a guest here on the Avail podcast. Uh, him and yeah. the F- Focus 412 team are awesome. I love that. So let's let's jump to the next one, the lessons of adjusting our attitudes, which is which is now bringing it down a little bit to the attitude of our team. Um, man, uh, you know, it's funny when you were talking about Miriam and Aaron, uh, who are Moses' siblings, right? Yeah, I inherited. I, I stepped in for my parents. So I I took over the church that my parents planted and not only are they still here with us, but I have an older sister who's on staff and I have a brother-in-law who's, you know, connected and I have other I leaders. I wasn't talking about them. I wasn't talking. <laughs> yeah. And neither am I. I didn't but, say that. <laughs> but it's true yeah, that the dynamic is. is tricky when you're the lead leader and other yeah. people have had relationships with you prior to having that position. There's so many variables, but, but regardless of that, because, you know, it, it doesn't, Anybody can have a bad attitude. Um, can you can you speak specifically to yeah. um, maybe to to one of the things that, that you've maybe it's a time you noticed a, a staff member or a team member that maybe was affecting the rest of the team in a negative way? Maybe it was intentional. Maybe it was unintentional. But but you also talked about crucial conversations. Yeah. Maybe maybe just a tip or two because some pastors lean into those. Some avoid them like the plague and others aren't sure because crucial conversations aren't easy. Yeah, no, this is a great question. And, and again, <clears throat> it's interesting. The blessing of families in ministry is a blessing, but it's also a challenge. <laughs> and, sure. and what is the real issue here? Here's the real issue. The real issue is often familiarity 
But the bigger one is we want to be liked, right? Who wants to be, who wants to have a tough, there's a reaction, there's an emotional protection that we have because there can be a reaction from somebody when you call them out, call them up. Yeah. And so one of the things that I realized, yeah. And one of the things that I realized, and this is, goes back to the leader. This goes back to the leader. It's kind of like, you, you know, you see a, a, a good football coach is going to say, you know, at the end of the game, you know, if they didn't win, if they're not winning, uh, let me start. A bad football coach says, we just didn't play well tonight. I don't know. A good football coach starts with, hey, I didn't coach well. I didn't set up our team for success. It's not that we can't talk about the team, but we got to own it first. And I do own this. What I realized was that that attitudes had started drifting because we were not clear in setting expectations. That's good. So in other words, somebody's got, yeah, so somebody's got to know if they're winning or not. I mean, look, people need to know. So I want to own it as the head coach of the team here that I felt like the first thing with people dealing with their attitudes are we want to we want to set clear expectations of what we want that we're wanting from you. Number two, here it is. We're going to hold you accountable to these expectations. By the way, not just professional uh, growth expectations of, in the sense of hitting measurable marks and and growing small groups, but also attitudinal expectations. Yeah. So so we're going to, we're going to let you know what's accepted and what's not accepted. Again, you go through a loss, you're grieving, something happened in your family. You're, I mean, Obviously, there's space for empathy and compassion, of course, of course. At the same time, is that you don't have a right to consistently come in day after day, month. So, so we, so we set expectations. We're going to hold people accountable, and here it is. Now, based upon you've set an expectation, you're holding people accountable. Now it's coming to the surface. Now we got to have the conversation. Right. Now we've got to have the conversation. There's lots of strategies in that. I'll say it this way. I think it's both science and art. I think it's both science. Yes. You know, try to have two people in the room, try to have, you know, make sure that you're clear, you know, is this an HR? So there's, but, but I would just say this without getting, you know, hyper-technical or practical, I would say this. I think it really comes down to, did you set expectations? Mm -hmm. And as a leader, you've got to have the courage to realize what's best for the person you're about to talk to. Because here's the deal. What's best for them really is best for the organization. What meaning that we want them to win, right? We want them to do well in life. And people really generally Virgil, I believe this. people generally want to know if they're not doing well, right? I mean, come on. And and set me up for success. Tell me when I'm not succeeding. So I would just say that I would say the most practical thing I can say to a pastor, if you're a pastor out there and, and you're just going, man, you know, I, I want to deal with attitudes on my staff, performance expert. How do I do it? Our head coach, have you set clear <laughs> expectations mm-hmm. written down for all the people on the team to see <clears throat> So that you can now evaluate them. So that, yeah. that would be my, my, my one nugget there. That's Probably. beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I, we're heading to the final stretch here, Pastor Steve. Yeah. And I, and I got to say, I'm, I'm, I'm taking it in. I'm digesting these lessons. Uh, I mean, these are powerful. Lesson number one, uh, the lesson of aligning our hearts, which is the church culture. Um, lesson number two, adjusting our attitudes, which is specifically 
the team attitude. Uh, and then lesson yep. number number three is the lesson of addressing our anger, which is our personal heart conditioning. Like you said, from macro to to us, like down to, to micro. I love this. And and I think everybody's leaning in right now, Pastor Steve. Uh, here's, here's what I want to do. I want to help people find you, especially if they want to connect with your resources or just know a little bit more about your ministry? Where can they go if they want to uh, tap into more of Pastor Steve? Yeah, my resources are in steverobinson.com. Matter of fact, they can sign up for my weekly email and there's a whole bunch of people that get a weekly email and but they have resources. You know, I pastor Church of the King. Uh, it's a church that my wife and I founded and we have a lot of resources for helping people with, you know, we do what's like Rick Warren, 40 Days of Purpose. We We write what's called spiritual growth campaigns. So we've got mm. a lot of stuff. We'd love to help you, to coach you as a church. You know, we'll have literally a thousand, probably 1100 small groups in January, about 10,000 people in small groups, Wow! in groups. We do it every year. Uh, and we'd love to be able to help resource pastors and, and people. And because uh, we love pastors. My heart is yes for everyone, but I love pastors because I know how tough it is. Yeah. And, and, and it's tough out there. And that's why the heart is such a key stewardship for us as, as leaders. So if I can help a pastor resource from Steve Robinson.com, um, I'd love to be able to do anything I can to help, help resource you and, and equip you. Yeah, that's good. Everybody, you heard that Steve Robinson.com. You can, uh, find resources from pastor Steve. You can find some of the cur curriculums that he and his church have put out there and also get on that email list. That's great leadership resources for you as pastors and leaders. Uh, I'm going to mention, you just mentioned the importance of resources. I'm going to mention the avail journal. Hey, everybody, if you're listening or watching, it's probably because you connect every once in a while, or maybe you're new. You can try our free trial subscription of the Avail Journal by going to availjournal.com. I personally think this is one of the best Christian leadership magazines out there right now. Pastor Ziva, I don't know if you've had a chance to touch one, to hold one, to read one, but yes, it's a they're great amazing. Resource. Yeah. I love them. Yes, I get them. They're <laughs> awesome. Get them. Sign up to get them. Whoever's watching. <laughs> That's good. Thanks for the plug, Pastor Steve. Um, I, I love this. The, man, the lesson that you've kind of unpacked today um, is really, it's really messing with me in a good way. I'm, I'm getting so many things in my heart that I want to share with my team and, and kind of digest a little bit and study in the word. But uh, but I think it's so good and it's so practical for, for pastors and ministry leaders. Um, uh, one final thought, Pastor Steve, yeah. what, what do you want to leave on the hearts of, of pastors and leaders. Yeah. And I think it's Proverbs 423, Virgil. And because as a, as a shepherd, as a pastor, mm -hmm. and Jesus calls us under shepherds, mm -hmm. um, you know, Proverbs 423, watch over your heart, mm -hmm. right? Tend your heart for out of your heart mm -hmm. springs the issues of life. So many times we work on skill sets and becoming better preachers, leaders, cast, but at the end of the day, wow. Your ministry and your your congregation is going to be so affected by, by, by your heart, and, and I think that's one of the lessons I've learned. And that's the thing; that it's the greatest. The here it is: the greatest stewardship a leader has is the stewardship of their own heart. Wow! Of their, what's happening inside them. So, that's my last encouragement. And this has been an honor to be with you guys. We have great respect for you. Dr. Sam Chan, he's been a mentor of mine. I've read his books. Avail is amazing. And uh, I hope this helps uh, some pastors out there today.
Yeah, this is this is definitely definitely help. Pastor Steve, on behalf of the Avail team, Dr. Sam Chand, Martine Van Tilborg, everybody who's kind of behind the scenes here uh, at Avail, we just want to take a moment to say that we honor you and your wife. Uh, we thank God for your leadership. You are uh, not only have you have you led well, you are leading well, and you have a heart for for the kingdom. You have a heart for the church and for pastors. That's something that's admirable. We really are proud of you, and we're thankful for you. Thank you. Hey, everybody, I hope you've been encouraged by this podcast with Pastor Steve Robinson. For more on his resources, go to steverobinson.com. My name is Virgil Sierra, lead pastor of Vertical Church Iglesia Vertical here in South Florida. And I'm your host for the Avail podcast. Every single week, a new hot episode comes out. Thanks for connecting with us. We'll catch you next time right here on the Avail podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Avail podcast with our guest, Steve Robinson. You can find out more about Steve on his website, steverobinson.com. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. And make sure to claim your free trial subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. As always, I'm your Avail podcast host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail podcast.